This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. Do you want to use AI in your marketing, but you're not sure where to start? Take a class with Trust Insights and the Marketing AI Institute. The AI Academy offers more than 25 classes and certification courses to start you on your AI journey, including our Intelligent Attribution Modeling for Marketer Certification. One membership gets you access to all 25 classes. Visit trustinsights.ai slash AI Academy to learn more and enroll today. That's trustinsights.ai slash AI Academy to enroll today. Are you struggling to reach the right audiences? Trust Insights offers sponsorships in our newsletters, podcasts, and media properties to help your brand be seen and heard by the right people. Our media properties reach almost 100,000 people every week, from the In-Ear Insights podcast to the Almost Timely and In the Headlights newsletters. Reach out to us today at trustinsights.ai slash contact to learn more. Again, that's trustinsights.ai slash contact. In this week's In-Ear Insights, we are talking 2021 and planning, even though with all current events uh, forecasting is, as we've covered previously on the show, uh, darn near impossible. Um, we still have to do our due diligence as companies, as, as executives, as owners, and plan for the year ahead uh, what to do. We do know with moderate certainty, for example, that uh, the World Health Organization has said you know, vaccination for the pandemic will be available mid-2021, so for the next year or so, we'll still be doing more or less what we're doing now. So with that backdrop and you know whatever else the world wants to throw at us, uh, whatever happened to those murder hornets? They, they just vanished. Um, you know, I think I had one on my window the other night. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a good like five inches long and I was like, oh, there it is. There you go. Uh, with that backdrop, uh, how do we plan, Katie? How do we, how do we do our best estimates and we've talked about you know scenario planning in the past but mm -hmm. for folks who are doing it right now budgeting strategy what's the solution or what's a solution <laughs> any solution a solution any solution well you know we're going to tell you to start back at the beginning and look at the data that you have and so one of the things that i'm doing right now for trust insights is i am looking at all of our data in terms of you know our channels and where people are coming from what kinds of activities they're doing and while it's not a true fair comparison i'm looking at which channels have dropped off you know where people aren't coming from anymore to our website what they are no longer doing you know with that big grain of salt knowing that things have changed for people you know their budgets have been cut jobs have been turned over all of those things um, but for me, I'm interested in, you know, just sort of like the broad strokes. So if we, at this time of year, last year, we're getting 10,000 visitors to our website. And then this year we're getting 2000 visitors. Well, that's a big deal. And so then I can start to dig into, well, what is no longer happening given the current circumstances, you know, is our are the emails that we're sending still bringing people to the website? Is our SEO, is our blog post, those kinds of things. And so that's where I can start to put together even a back of the envelope plan to say, all right, we know that email is still bringing someone to the website. So what can we do with our email campaigns to make sure that they are not just spammy, but they're valuable, that they're giving people useful information that will want 
that will make them want to come back to our website. One of the things that we started to do last week was our own in-depth SEO audit because SEO is one of those things that you have control over organic search. And so I'm really focusing on the channels that we have the most control over and the channels that are the most valuable to our customers, to our set of customers. And so you might be a different kind of business and social media might be the place where people get updates about your company. So make sure you're doubling down on that. And I will say with the caveat that it kind of goes against the recommendations that we usually give to have everything in one basket. We try to challenge our customers to have more diversity and more spread across the different channels, but this is a bit of a unique situation. Yeah, I think the other thing I'd add on to that is, is stepping up your testing plans. You know, we've been mm -hmm. doing a lot more testing in the last few weeks, um, just seeing what's new, seeing how the audience has changed. You know, we did a lot of testing in the spring, um, but now even starting to mess around with things that are that were tried and true. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this past week in both of our newsletters, I've been playing around with you know just the formatting of the subject line. And in the case of the the company newsletter, it didn't make a statistically significant difference. In the case of the, my personal newsletter, it made a a substantial difference. It was about a two percent difference in in read rate. Which, when your list is ninety five thousand people, that is a it's a, a large chunk of folks. That's <laughs> like uh you know what eighteen hundred people. So to your point looking at the data but then starting to test 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 everything test every assumption fire up you know we've we've said in the past you should have a plan for testing and you should have a strategy and you should have a good idea of things that matter to test i'm gonna again like you just said counteract that advice a little bit mm -hmm. and say like look if you're not testing because you feel like you're being held up by that then just test something test anything just start I mean, change a button color and just see if there's any statistically significant difference. Because right now, we don't know what's working. Um, we know that what's working is sort of the short term, but we don't know what's going to work because the environment is, is continually changing. So a huge part of what we were suggesting for 2021 is keep testing. Keep testing everything. Test every assumption you have because it's going to turn out that some things work and other things don't. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that we have entered such a unique scenario that there is no precedent to say, well, last time when this happened, here's what we did about it. So I think testing is such an important thing to do right now. Talking to your customers, talking to your you know, networks, doing short surveys. If you run a Slack group, do a, do a quick survey. If you run a social media group, do a quick survey. What do you need? What are you working on? What are you thinking about? What are your challenges? Any kind of data that you can collect that will help you match up your solutions with their problems is only going to benefit you in the short and long term. Um, you know, ask your current customers. So I know you're probably thinking about next year, what kinds of challenges are you foreseeing? Or if you don't know, how can we stay as partners with you to help you through and navigate those challenges. I think the big thing is the flexibility and the agility that you need to have moving into 2021. And if you've never thought about planning in that way, it's going to be very, very challenging for you. It's going to be very eye-opening 
because I know a lot of companies have a very rigid process for planning. And once the plan is in place, you follow the plan, you don't deviate from the plan and the planning either works or it doesn't. But even Chris, you and I are talking about, yeah, everything we've told you before, now we're going to change it. We're going to tell you to do something different. And I think that's going to be one of the keys to success moving into next year is that flexibility. Yeah, it's there's there's so literally so many different things happening right now that even week to week what data you have and and what information you have about your audience is changing like if you have for example just this this past week audiences in california and colorado they their consumer behaviors have drastically changed because they're literally on fire um the same is true like if you work in in brazil right they have huge huge chunks of the amazon rainforest you know not not jeff bezos amazon the actual amazon are are on fire and it's, it's drastically altering how you do business and we've always had change we've always been dealing with but there's some stuff that has been somewhat consistent all of that's up for grabs like last week, uh, you and I, Katie, were talking about uh, you know even just trend forecasting, basic trend forecasting. How do we forecast things like holiday gift guides and stuff? We know that right after Labor Day is the official start of the holiday retail season. People start you know planning and promotions, and you know back in our PR days, this is when people would start pitching holiday gift guides. We don't know. We don't know if if that behavior is going to change. We do know that structural unemployment is much higher. We do know that the economy is, is not in great shape. So uh, we're having to say like, look, you may not even be able to rely on your forecasts. So yes, use them, but keep your finger on that pulse and be ready to change at a moment's notice. If you see something take off, you better have a bit of budget to slap down a credit card and say, okay, this is working for us. Let's double down on it while it's working because we don't know what's going to happen next week. Um, and if something's not working, and I think this is really important to your point, Katie. Be able to pull the plug on it sooner rather than later. If you if you have a campaign and you've spent the you know a million dollar campaign, you've spent the first fifty thousand dollars and you're not seeing any results, do not just pour the other nine hundred fifty thousand into it because it's on the plan. Like stop and say, you know what? We're not seeing statistically significant results with a five percent sample. Let's reevaluate. You know, it's interesting um, as you're describing these changes and the inability to plan because things are changing so quickly it strikes me that there is a plan that an organization an agency can create but it's a very different kind of plan and the plan really revolves around organizational behavior and the unknown and so if you've never been an organization that has had some sort of agility or the ability to pivot something quickly this is the time to start to put that plan together. What does that look like for your team? What does that look like for your resources? What does that look like for setting aside funds for things that work and things that don't? And so it's less about the actual things that you're going to do, the actual tweets that you'll send out, the actual you know words that you're going to write. And it's more about the infrastructure of how you will react as things are constantly changing. And so I think there is a version of a plan that or uh, companies can start to put together. And so, you know, Chris, we do have the benefit of being so small that we can change very quickly. And so one of the reasons we can do that is because we have, with everything we do, we constantly set up, how are we measuring this? How is the data coming in? How can we look at the data? We build in those processes on a everyday basis, sometimes multiple times a day. 
Um, and we've automated a lot of that. And so I think that the opportunity right now for marketers is to build those kinds of plans. How can I set up an infrastructure of continual and constant measurement so that I can pivot? How can I put together a rough outline of an email calendar knowing that that might change? And so I think that that is the plan that people should be putting together right now is more of the organizational behavior and the infrastructure versus the actual things that you'll be doing. So where do you start with that? What's the, what's the starting point for an organizational behavioral change plan? You have to start with an audit. You need to look at the systems that you have and the people that you have. And you even sort of need to do that, you know, risk analysis of, you know, will the organization support us doing this sort of, you know, out of the box thinking kind of plan, or is that too risky because, you know, we are so structured within our budget that we have to know exactly what we're going to do. And so this, it's a great time now to start to have those conversations of, we don't know what's going to happen, but here's what we plan to do responsibly with the money that you're going to give us. And it's constant testing and it's constant iterations. And so you need to make sure that you have the infrastructure set up. So do an audit of your tech stack, see what systems that you're using. Do you feel confident in the data that goes in and out of those systems? Do you have a structure that allows you to easily report on that data that people can understand? Take a look at your team, do an audit of your personnel and say, who do we have? What are the strengths? Where are the areas for improvement? Where can we deploy people so that they are as effective as possible? And so it's really doing an audit of those things first. Then you can also roll in an audit of, here are the marketing activities that we're currently doing. Here's what works, here's what doesn't work. So it's really sort of doing that you're, you're doing the similar type of planning that you would moving into any major, like half year, new year, quarter, but you're looking at it from a different angle with the idea that you could change at a moment's notice. So how do you set up yourself for success to be able to pivot quickly? And then on the flip side, what are the things that aren't going to change? One of the things I think the pandemic has done a really good job of is highlighting the things that are actually essential. <laughs> because when everything stops, you're like, oh, I really miss this, 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 and this. Um, like, I miss going to the grocery store or eating inside of a restaurant or whatever the, the thing is that, that you, you in particular miss. Um, a lot of what I've seen and heard talking to people is that they miss things like having a sense of community. There is... You know, for, especially for folks who work in physical offices, there is a definite and distinct difference to, to being virtual. Um, there is a, a change in people's work day. You, know, you and I were talking about one of our, our friends who is, you know, their kid is going to be subject to you know, five hours of Zoom calls a day uh, from now on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So the question is, what is consistent and can you market to those things you know one of the things that we've been saying for just about a year now since our, our social networks 2020 report last year is that private communities are really important uh, if you had not already started a slack group or a discord group or even a facebook group or something um the opportunity to, for that is is now and obviously we've discovered over the past six months in the pandemic those communities for some people, are they're literal lifelines. So if you're not investing in that type of community, just to give people a place to, frankly, network, you know, with the absence of in-person events, 
that's the closest thing you're going to get to like, you know, standing in the hotel chicken buffet line <laughs> and meeting somebody <laughs> new is, is, is seeing who's in those communities. And of course, shameless plug, if you're not part of the analytics for marketers Slack group, you should go join it over at trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers. Um, but what else hasn't changed? What else are the things that we should be planning around that we know people will in some fashion probably do? I think content is a big, you know, sort of the obvious like blinking light. Um, people are home, people are listening to podcasts, people are watching TV, live streams, YouTube videos, you know, content is a constant. Uh, the way in which you deliver content might be changing, but the content itself still needs to be created. People still need to understand how your thing works, understand the case studies, understand, you know, how this benefits them, give them sort of that future thinking thought leadership. So that's the creating the content is the constant, the delivery of the content is what's changing. And so whether that's via email, a live stream, a podcast, you're listening to our podcast right now, which we have consistently been creating for almost two years, maybe a little bit longer. And, um, you know, there's, we're always trying to provide new and helpful and relevant information. So there's, I think that's, that's one of the other constants is the content creation, you know, how it's done. That's what's up for grabs. Yeah. The other thing is, <clears throat> again, this is, you know, harkens back to earlier, take a look at your data and compare it to previous times because you're going to see some, some major changes. One of the big things that we've seen change podcasting has taken a bit of a hit because people, don't listen to it on their commute anymore because they don't have a commute in a lot of cases uh, <clears throat> or in some cases now. We've seen email like drastically change and, and improve over the pandemic. So if you've got channels that you've kind of written off like, like oh yeah, we send the email newsletter because we, we've always done it or whatever, um, but we're not really investing any time or resources, go and check your data. Go in and make sure that it is still not working because it may have started working while you're paying attention to it. And it's really, really important um, <clears throat> for reference at the beginning of the pandemic uh my almost timely newsletter was averaging around a 10 percent uh, open rate um give or take uh, and since the pandemic started and consistently since then it's been up to a 15 percent. so it's a you know a 50 percent increase in attention in six months because like you said Katie, people are reading stuff and things so check all your channels mm -hmm. so to wrap up planning doesn't have to mean just throwing your hands in the air, nor does it have to mean, you know, uh, staying in the course if the course is about to lead you over a waterfall. Uh, stop the ship, look around, and try to get a sense of where the currents and the tides are going, and to the best of your ability, uh, go with them by paying rabid attention to your data uh, and being willing and able organizationally to make a change when change is called for. If you have questions about this episode or anything we've talked about, please hop on over to our Slack group over at Analytics for Marketers, uh, trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers. And while you're over on the Trust Insights website, subscribe to this show and to our weekly newsletter uh, featuring fresh data every week. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Want help solving your company's data analytics and digital marketing problems? Visit trustinsights.ai today and let us know how we can help you.